You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Is that R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And you can follow the show on Twitter at uh, Locked On Royals. And on today's show, we're going to be previewing um, the NL postseason. Yesterday we did the AL. Uh, you can go back and listen to who I have coming out of the AL Today, we'll do the NL before the NL games get underway. In the NL slate, you have the Reds and the Braves. You have the Marlins and the Cubs. You have the Cardinals and the Padres. You have the Brewers and the Dodgers. So that's what you've got going on for the postseason in the NL. And we start with what I think is the most boring matchup of any in the wildcard series, and that will be the Dodgers and the Brewers. Dodgers take care of business in two. The Brewers have no business being here. Um, Of course, it is baseball and wackiness can happen without question. But to me, the Brewers have no business being here, uh, even more so than the under 500 uh, Astros. So I'm going to pick the the Dodgers in two. Too much hitting. I mean, they're like fifth best hitter would be the top guy on the Brewers. I mean, Chris Taylor is their ninth hitter, and he's hitting better than half of the league right now. So, I mean, the Dodgers are just too good. Uh, They have too much depth at their lineup and then their pitching is is good enough to beat Milwaukee and so shifting down to the number two seed and you get the Braves Reds series which is interesting to me because I think that the uh, Braves have a ton of offense absolutely no pitching but the Reds don't do anything particularly great they have some really good starting pitchers but their bullpen is not elite their lineup is not elite and if they can steal the Trevor Bauer game today what are you looking forward to from the Reds tomorrow in game two? So, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Braves in this one. I'm gonna have the Braves move on to the next round, but I don't feel good about it. I, I really don't. I, I don't know who will win out in this one because the Braves just have no pitching whatsoever. But the Reds also are not tearing the cover off the ball at the plate anyway. So, uh, you know, who knows what can happen in that series, but I'll take the Braves in three. And then we shift back up to the Padres and Cardinals. The Padres are the team you should be rooting for. The Padres have everything you could want if you're a Kansas City fan. They have all the former Royals. They have a good young team. They have the the personality. They have the style. They have the flair. And they're going up against St. Louis, who everyone hates in Kansas City. So what better combination could you ask for? I mean, you go down this roster, and they've got you Matt Strom. They've got you Tim Hill. They've got you Trevor Rosenthal. Uh, you go down this roster, they have a ton of guys that played in Kansas City. Eric Hosmer, how could we forget? You keep going down, and it's just a, it's just basically the Kansas City Padres o- over there in, in San Diego. And they play a fun style of baseball. Tatis, uh, Crowenworth, Machado, they're all pretty good over there in San Diego. But we did get news this morning that um, Clevenger and Clement will not be on the wildcard roster and that does not automatically in this series, in my opinion, because the Cardinals can't hit for anything. They, they cannot hit to save their life. 
So I don't care who's out there. I mean, Chris Paddock can easily carve up this ho-hum Cardinals lineup that's just terrible. So I don't really care about losing Clevenger and Clement right now. Now, moving forward, you know, next series, that will that will heavily hurt them, for sure. But as for the Cardinals, they have a nice little rotation, a nice little bullpen, but a terrible lineup. The Padres at home, going to slam the ball over the yard, slam Diego, going to show out, Tatis on the big stage. It's going to be a lot of fun. I've got the Padres advancing in three. So that would set up, of course, the Padres to take on the Dodgers. But who will the Braves play? Who will the Braves draw in the second round? And that comes down to the Fish and the Cubs. You've got one of the most historic franchises in the sport and one that is a big laughing stock. So this should be fun. The Marlins have never been in a postseason in which they did not win the World Series. Something to keep in mind there. With the Marlins, they have a nice pitching staff. With the Cubs, they have a god-awful bullpen. The Cubs have some sneaky good pitchers. I mean, Alex Alec Mills, the former Royals legend, gets it done. He's throwing a no-hitter this year. His He just kind of throws slop up there, and no one's really expecting it in a, in a day and age in which you just throw, you know, just pump 100 miles per hour. The Cubs are going to set up with Hendricks today, who's been decent this season. They're going to go to Darvish, who's been really, really good this season in Game 2. And then in Game 3, they have not announced their starter yet, but you can imagine it will be Alec Mills, I would think. Uh, the Marlins go Alcantara today. Tomorrow, the Marlins will throw out their Sixto Sanchez, the electric rookie who they got in the JT Realmuto trade, in which everyone laughed at the JT Realmuto trade. But yet, the Marlins made the postseason, and the Phillies did not, and they haven't in that entire length of that JT Realmuto contract. And Sixto Sanchez is already making his postseason debut today. And then in Game 3, you have the Fish going out with Pablo Lopez. All three games, of course, in Wrigley Field. Marlins, fun little team. Another team you should get behind in Kansas City because the Marlins were expected to be one of the worst teams in baseball, but instead, in this wacky 60-game season, even with their COVID outbreak at the beginning of the year, they still took advantage of it, and they made a mess of the MLB, of the MLB season. They got into the postseason, and they're exactly what Kansas City should have been. Because now, guess what they're going to get to do? They're going to get to sell their fans next year, this offseason, heading into next season. Oh, we're a playoff team. We're a playoff team. When we all know they're not. We all know this is just a fluky 60-game stretch, and, and it all will go back to normal next year. But... That hope and that optimism is what they get to sell. And you know what? As I said all the way back in July, you get in the dance, anything can happen. All they have to do is take two of three from the Cubs today, take three of five from whomever they play next round, and then take four of seven in the NLCS, and then you get to the World Series, and who knows what can happen there. Baseball is fluky in nature, and that's why the more playoff teams you have, the more randomness you will incur. And the Marlins set up great to have that randomness happen, managed by Donnie Baseball, because they have those starting pitchers. They have the horses. They have Arcantara. They have Sixto Sanchez. They have Pablo Lopez. The issue is it could all backfire on them if these young pitchers are not ready for the big moment. And you would counter that with, well, it's a big moment in the sense of you win or go home, but there's no fans. I mean, I'm sure Wrigleyville will have hundreds of drunk fans in a rooftop somewhere over Wrigley Field, but still, it's not going to feel with the same sort of intensity. You have the Bartman aspect of all this, which is also a kind of funny underlying story, and for some reason, these games are on ABC. I'll tell you why they're on ABC. It's because the, the wildcard round traditionally is owned by only Turner and ESPN, and ESPN had planned to only have one wildcard game. Now they have like 50 million with the wildcard game being, being expanded and being series, so they just 
would rather have the game on ABC rather than ESPN News. I mean, you might as well get the most bang for your buck and put it on a on a channel in which everyone gets. As long as you have just antenna ears, you can get ABC. So they're going to take advantage of that there. I don't know the last time they've ever played baseball on ABC. Probably like the 70s or something. I don't know, but I've never seen it. So that'll be a kind of a cool aspect of all of this. But that game will be on ABC today at 1 o'clock. I cannot wait for that matchup between the Fish and the Cubs. I'm taking the Fish here. They win two of three. They beat up on that Cubs bullpen. The Fish move on, and, and they keep their storybook season alive, clinching their postseason berth in Yankee Stadium with Derek Jeter as their owner, clinching on the day that Jose Fernandez passed away. They keep this storybook season that was littered with COVID at the beginning, uh, really the first outbreak of COVID came thanks to the Miami Marlins, and they keep it running at least through the next round, so they move on to the second round. The second round, in my personal predictions, uh, has the Dodgers and Padres. It has the Marlins and the Braves, and we'll talk all about that coming up on the Locked On Royals podcast. So we're back on the Lockdown Royals podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Is that R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S? And so we're going to continue on with the predictions. So we're going to set up the Dodgers and Padres. I think that the Dodgers get over the hump. The Padres losing Clevenger, losing Clement, cannot hang in a four in a, in a seven-game series with no off days, or excuse me, a five-game series with no off days, so you're going to win three to five. They just do not have the horses in their rotation to do that. They don't have the bullpen arms to supplement that, even with Tim Hill, even with Trevor Rosenthal, even with Matt Strom. Uh, unless they're going to surprise everyone, which he is on the playoff roster, but unless they're going to surprise everyone and actually allow McKenzie Gore to make his debut in the postseason, I don't see a pathway for the Padres to advance past the DS, but still, I'll be rooting for them, and I hope I'm wrong on that. I hope that they beat the Dodgers. So if the Dodgers moving on to the NLCS, on the other side of the bracket, I have the Fish taking on the Braves, in which the Braves have crushed Miami all season long. And so for the first time in their franchise history, Miami loses a playoff series. They fall to the Braves, and that sets up a Braves-Dodgers-NLCS, a big game for the TV networks. I believe Fox is in control of the NL side of things this, this year, so they'll love the big market teams in, in the sense of, you know, Braves are a national baseball brand. Dodgers, of course, being that LA market, sets up a, a nice ratings bonanza for Fox, who also is going to get a big draw, of course, from having football. So credit to Fox, but uh, it sets up a, a Dodgers and Braves NLCS. Uh, the Braves just don't have any pitching. If they get, if they really get to the NLCS, that uh, they should count their blessings and just consider themselves lucky because the Dodgers will just murder them in, in four or five games. The run differential will be like minus twenty for the Braves. It's going to be atrocious if they match up with the Dodgers lineup, and so they get bounced in the NLCS in four or five games, setting up a Dodgers and Rays World Series. And there's something about this Rays team. I'm going to pick the Rays in seven to take down the Mighty Dodgers, and questions will arise about Dave Roberts and Clayton Kershaw and the Dodgers organization and what they should do and, and everything else because they keep choking in the World Series. 
death taxes and the Dodgers choking. Let's go with the Rays in seven in the World Series. If you've gotten to watch any of the postseason games so far or as you continue to watch them today, let me know on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles or at Locked on Royals what you feel like this postseason has been uh, so far. And has it felt like a postseason moment? Has it felt like postseason games? I will say that the the game on Turner, you know, the, the Rays and uh, the Rays and the Jays, it felt more like a postseason game than what ESPN has been able to pull off so far. I haven't really liked the way that ESPN has done it. I also don't like that the cardboard cutouts are still there. I don't like that gimmicky stuff whenever it's supposed to be serious postseason baseball, meaningful postseason baseball. I don't want to see a blow-up of, of Steve Balboni or David DeJesus sitting out there in the middle of nowhere. I don't, I don't really need to see Coco Crisp. In the, in the field right now with a, with a big fat head. I, I don't need to see that right now. I'd rather have just an empty stadium and nothing at all than to see a blow-up head of your grandmother. That's just my opinion on, on the postseason in general. It was cute and wacky for a week, uh, but it's certainly not going to fit and fly in the postseason. I hope that there's no cutout fans in uh, in, the, in Minute Maid or in the ballpark in Arlington or in the uh, Petco Park or Dodger Stadium. If there's none of that in the bubble, they kind of get rid of those and, and do nothing. Just have empty seats. The commentators so far have fell a little flat to me. Again, I talked yesterday. They've got to rise to the moment. They've got to do a better job of explaining how significant each and every pitch is, even in that first, second, third inning, because they're treating this as if it's another Wednesday afternoon, and that's what's really killing the atmosphere for baseball. Because if you don't know what you're watching, if you don't know what to look for, the casual fan at home love the postseason because the crowd tells them what to look for. The crowd's going insane for a foul ball in the third inning. The crowd's going insane for a can of corn in the fifth inning. If you're not providing that for the casual fan, they'll just think this is another Wednesday afternoon game. So why would they stay involved with the game? The commentators have to do a better job of explaining the moment and letting fans feel the moment. And it's a difficult job. It's a difficult task. But it's something that they have to step up and do because you know, we had a couple no-hit bids going yesterday, and it didn't feel like anything of significance. And you've got to be explaining the moment. And you would have that anticipation in a real game. You would have that atmosphere of everyone in the ballpark knowing what's about to happen or what's on the line with each and every pitch. Every pitch feels like it could be history. And the commentators fell flat on that yesterday. It's a big adjustment. I get it. Let's give them time. Let's get them through this series to kind of work things out. I understand how difficult it is to broadcast a game without a crowd and also uh, try to not sound foolish while you're screaming and there's nothing going on behind you. But still, you've got to figure out that a way to make it happen, a way to inject life into these games, and hopefully that will get solved on throughout the postseason. So, again, let me know what you think on Twitter about the postseason, who you think will win because I have the Rays topping the Dodgers in the World Series. What are your predictions on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles? Be good and be good to one another.